Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful for the word of God. Uh, We're so thankful because the word of God is the bread of life. Lord, we open ourselves to your ministry today. We open ourselves to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, we're not interested in hearing the philosophy of another man. Lord, we're only interested in receiving ministry from you. So, Spirit of God, we open ourselves to you this morning. Lord, go beyond the preparation and the education of the preacher and minister to us at our point of need. Lord, your word says that blessed are those that are hungry and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. So, Lord, we ask you to fill us this morning, for we are looking to you. Father, I step into your grace by faith, your grace that makes preaching easy. And here in the word of God, a sweet delight. We give you thanks for the anointed word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start reading from verse 26. A very popular passage at this time of year. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of gritting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Everyone say favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This morning I have titled this message... How to give birth to your own miracle. How to give birth to your own miracle. Um, I will do this as a two-part series. Um, This will be part one and next Sunday the second will be part two. How to give birth to your own miracle. Part one lessons from Christmas. We're going to take some lessons 
from Mary this morning on how to give birth to our miracle. I've just finished a series talking about God and wealth. I've talked about the fact that, you know what? The way God has ordered this thing, it is not God's plan to be giving you a miracle every day. The Bible says in Joshua 1 verse 8, when we was speaking to Joshua, he said, Joshua, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And the word prosper literally means to have a good journey. Everybody here. And the plan of God for you and I, is as we walk in the word, we will... Um, live a life where it can be said of us that we're having a good journey. We'll be like a tree planted by the river of water. Um, We will eat our fruit in its due season and our leaf will not wither. Whatever we do will prosper. Everybody here. But you know, um, as you and I have studied on on wealth, you and I have realized places that we have um, fallen short of God's standard, haven't we? Yeah, And when we fall short of the standard of God, God by his grace will intervene and get involved. Everybody here. Um, so we do need miracles in our lives, even though God's perfect will is that we have a good journey. How many of you know that Jesus heals? Yeah, But how many of you know that when Jesus went to the cross, um, his perfect plan for you was to have divine health? Everybody here. He took your infirmities and carried your diseases. But when we fall short of that standard, he will heal us, wouldn't he? Yeah? So, we're talking about how Mary experienced a miracle and the steps she took and how you and I, if we follow the same steps, can position ourselves to give birth to our own miracle. There are three steps I'll look at this morning and next week... There is a principle I want to share with you. Now we know the story. This story is read so many times over the Christmas season. But I'd like you for a few minutes to go on a slightly different journey with me. Now imagine the day before the angel appeared to Mary. Mary was a virgin betrothed to a man called Joseph. You know, in Jewish law, um, betrothal uh, betrothal involved a formal binding contract before witnesses. As a matter of fact, if you read Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18, you'll notice that when the angel appeared to um, Joseph, um, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary your wife. Because in Jewish custom, once you got betrothed, um, you know, you got married unless you had a formal divorce or death occurred. Are you with me? This was a, a formal affair. They were considered, as it were, man and wife, even though they abstained from sexual relations until they finally, until they had the wedding ceremony. Typically, betrothal will take place um, over the period of a year. And it usually started when the girl was about 12 years old. Yeah? So imagine this was a young 12-year-old girl. 
she wasn't very experienced. Now imagine the day before the angel appeared. Mary was a young 12 year old girl. I mean doing what young 12 year old Jewish girls do. She was betrothed to a man. She was going about her business. Try to imagine the kind of expectations that Mary had. Mary would have had normal expectations. You know, in a few months' time, I'll get married. In a, uh, in a few years' time, I'll have a son or a daughter. And as best as I can, I'll raise this child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But then something happened the next day. An angel came and gave her a message. Now, you know, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There are certain thoughts that God had concerning Mary that Mary was not aware of. Mary's expectations were normal expectations. Mary's views were normal views. But in order to give birth to the supernatural destiny that God had for her, she had to receive a higher knowledge. Everyone say higher knowledge. If you're thinking regarding your future, regarding the future of your business, regarding the progression of your life, is based on, you know, deductive reasoning and incremental thoughts, you would live on a level that is below the destiny of God for your life. The first step to giving birth to the miracle that God has for you is to position yourself to receive higher knowledge. Everyone say, I must position myself to receive higher knowledge. Keep your marker in Luke chapter 1 because this is our text scripture. We're going to keep referring to it. And go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, in this church, we have been on a journey. And the Lord is preparing us for something. He's preparing us for what he has prepared for us. I believe with all my heart that 2011 is going to be my year of restoration. It's going to be your year of restoration. The things that you have lost will be recovered. And you will advance to the next level. But in order to give birth to the destiny that God has for your life, there are certain things you must do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Everyone say the things he has prepared. 
Now notice this. The Bible says, Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. So this verse tells us the three ways in which people receive knowledge. There is what you see, there is what you hear, and there is what enters into your heart. So we speak about perceptual knowledge, the things that you receive through observation and your sense of experience. So you sit down and say, okay, this is what 2010 was like. Based on my experiences of 2010, this is what to expect for 2011. Everybody here with me so far? Yeah? That is sensory, isn't it? That is perception. Given what I observe about my life and my situation, this is what to expect for 2011. You and I have talked about budgeting and we have said that realistic thinking must be the foundation of our budget. Are you with me? So your budget must be based on realistic thinking. However, your vision must not be limited by what you have experienced so far. It says perceptual knowledge. Things you see, things you hear must not be the things that determine what to expect for tomorrow. Things that enter into the heart. That speaks about conceptual knowledge. Things that come by reasoning or intellectual inquiry. It says that the things that God has prepared, the things that God has prepared will not come into your sphere of thinking, of sight, or of intellectual reasoning. The things that God has prepared for you cannot be derived from observation, sense, experience, or intellectual imagination. As this young virgin was preparing for an ordinary life, an angel was en route to give her insight into things that had been prepared for her. Are you with me? She needed to have that insight to lay hold of them. You know... An old black man in the 50s preacher was trying to explain this. And he says, you can't see, you can't seize it until you seize it. Basically, he was trying to say, you can't see, you can't lay hold of it until you see it. Are you with me? In order for this woman to lay hold of the things that God had prepared for her, she needed to come to a higher knowledge. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But the thoughts of your mind are limited by your experience. Are you with me? If I sat down with a young man and said, you know, what are your experiences? What, what are your plans for life? I sat down with someone a few weeks ago and I said, what do you want to become? And she said, I don't know. I said, well, think of something. You know, and the first thing she could think of was teacher. There's nothing wrong with teacher. Are, are you with me? But, but as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But your thinking is limited by your vision. What you are seeing. And if what you are seeing is inf informed by only what you perceive and what you experience and what comes into your mind, that is what limits your vision. God had prepared certain things for Mary. 
but she could not experience them until she entered into a higher level of thinking why was Mary chosen for this great destiny was it because she was a virgin well that is not true it wasn't because she was a virgin I mean virginity wasn't unusual it wasn't something to be embarrassed about it wasn't even an emblem of pride I wish it were an emblem of pride today but it wasn't an emblem of pride in those days because it was expected that a young girl would keep herself pure until she was married you know phrases like you know I'm only human and it was a mistake we're unheard of in those days everybody here it's a bit quiet in this uh, Baptist church on a, on a Christmas service it was not because she was a virgin why was Mary chosen for this great destiny look at um, keep your marker in 1st Corinthians 2 and let's go back to where we started off from in Luke chapter 1 verse 28 the angel having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly what favored one the Lord is with you blessed are you amongst women look at verse 30 then the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have had what you have found favor with God this was not based on something that Mary had done this was an election of God's grace everyone say election of God's grace you know Romans chapter 4 verse 4 says that to him who works the wages are not counted as grace but as debt are you with me if this was payment for her good service he would not have said highly favored one he would say the Lord is here to reward you everybody here like, like, like it happened with Cornelius where the angel said that your arms given have come before God as a memorial to God this was not a reward this was an election of God's grace God by his grace had pre-planned certain things for Mary but Mary could not lay hold until she came to a different level of comprehension regarding who she was and what she has to give birth to the miraculous you must comprehend God's thoughts concerning you you must comprehend them look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 in Ephesians 1 11, it makes it clear that the same election of grace that God has concerning Mary God by his grace has appointed you for certain things but like Mary that was carrying her you know I mean her, her, her um, going to the well doing her, her um, the normal things she did as a young woman getting ready to be married you and I will still carry, uh, carry on doing what we normally do at our level of comprehension until we come to a higher place in Ephesians 1 verse 11 it says in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of 
his will. God, predestination means pre-planning. It says in him, you and I have been pre-planned by God to lay hold of certain things. God, by his grace, has elected you and chosen you. He has elected you and chosen you for works of grace. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 that we read, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the very next verse says, but he has revealed them. Everyone say revealed them. He has revealed them to us by his spirit, for the spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. Through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, God will open you up to new thoughts. The thoughts of God concerning your life. To give birth to your miracle, you must position yourself to receive higher knowledge. Look at a practical example of this. Look at um, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 10. You must position yourself to receive higher knowledge. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 10. It says, speaking about the prophets of old, it says, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Who prophesied of the grace that will come to you? Now, you see, grace was made available, but it says the prophets inquired and searched carefully. Look at verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into now I want you to see a link here grace was revealed God had certain things that he had purposed for us but the Bible says that the prophets had to search diligently you know eye has not seen nor ear heard the prophets would not have been able to derive this It was not a conclusion that they would have arrived at. But through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God began indicating certain things on the inside of them. When you and I fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will begin to indicate certain things on the inside of us. And if we will search those things diligently, revelation will come. You know, it's going to take more than one all-night prayer meeting. You know, we had an all-night prayer meeting a few weeks ago. It was great. I loved it. I recommend it. We're going to have a lot more of that. But in order to give birth to the thing that God has planned for your life, you are going to need to come to a higher level of thinking. 
And the thoughts you need to embrace are going to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. And those thoughts are going to come as we fellowship with him and commune with him. Are you with me this morning? As we fellowship with him and commune with him, the Bible says that the Spirit of God was indicating certain things. I don't know about you, but when I read indicating, it sounds as though it wasn't exactly clear. Is anyone with me on this? There was, they, they, were, they were planning to go in a particular direction, but they spent time. They took time with God, and as they spent time with the Holy Spirit, there was an indication there was something uncomfortable about the direction they were thinking of going and they decided that they were going to search diligently. Everybody here? It was a little bit like, um, like what happened to Moses. Moses was in, the, you know, he was in the backside of the desert. God had certain things prepared for Moses. But what happened? Moses had to come to a higher level of thinking. Everybody here? And what happened? A bush was burning and it wasn't consumed and Moses could have gone past the bush. The Lord didn't say, Moses, I'm here, come over. If you read Exodus chapter 3, I believe, the the Bible says that when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, the Lord spoke. The Lord waited until Moses looked at this indication that was going on the inside of him and decided to search diligently. We're talking about giving birth to your miracle. It begins by coming up to a higher level. A higher level of thinking. And the Bible says that there are certain things that God has prepared for you. The Spirit of God is not revealing new things. He's revealing things that God has prepared. You know, the angel didn't come to give Mary, you know, Mary didn't create what happened. No, the angels gave revelation about what God had prepared they are prepared things for you by the grace of God but it begins by coming to a higher level of knowledge which cannot come by perception it cannot come by deductive reasoning it must come by revelation I know what revelation means it means an uncovering it means it's there all along but you don't see it it's it's right in front of you but you don't see it and it takes the spirit of God to, to, to be, give you revelation. I remember many years ago, I mean, when I was a, a student in university. I mean, I began preaching, you know, it, when I was in university in the 80s. And we had a, uh, a fellowship on campus, University of Lagos campus. And, you know, I, was, I mean, I knew that God had called me to teach. But from then, all my friends knew that Carlton will never be a pastor. Because, you know, as far as I was concerned, God has called me to teach. I was going to have a teaching ministry. That is Carlton. In my mind, hey, I can teach. I'm anointed to do so. And I'm going to go teach. And I never thought I would be a pastor. As a matter of fact, I said it for years. If confession can change the mind of God for your life, I would have changed my calling. But I remember a time when Anita and I went to Bible school. And I began to pray. You know, the Bible says that if you call upon me, I will answer you and I will show you hidden things that you don't know. Hidden, hidden, hidden. They are hidden from you, but they are also hidden for you. They are hidden from your mind at the moment, but God has purposed them for you. But you need to come to an understanding 
to, to walk in destiny. It doesn't come by deduction. It doesn't come by deduction. Mary would never have given birth to the Lord if she didn't come to higher knowledge. So I took time out and I began to pray. I began to pray. We're at a crossroads in our lives and I began to pray. We're about to finish Bible school. And I, was just, I, was just, I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. It doesn't matter how eloquent you are in your English language. You don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Everybody here. You need access to higher knowledge. Proverbs 25 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The Spirit of God dwells within you, and he has been sent to reveal purpose to you. He has been sent to reveal prepared things. I began to pray. I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in the spirit. And I can remember the day. I can remember where I was. I was kneeling down by my by our sofa. And it was like I was praying. And it was like something dropped into my spirit. I felt it. You might say, well, I've never felt something drop in my spirit. Well, you need to pray. You know, it was in the old days that, um, and I don't drink beer or anything, but there was, a, there was an advert that I'll never forget. It was a Heineken advert that said that, you know, Heineken refreshes the parts that other beers don't reach. You know, there are some parts of your life that are not revealed yet because you haven't reached them through prayer. Alright? It, it's still mental. We're, 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 just, we're just mental. Lord, you know, we give the Lord a list and tell him to go do it. Alright? We don't see prayer as the doorway to insight. But you know, my life is my life. I don't have time to mess around. So I took time out to pray. I can remember the day. I had never had this experience before. On that day, I had the experience for the first time. It was like a coin dropped into my spirit. And something opened. And I saw it. And I, I, I was praying. And I thought, what? Pastor? I cannot explain to you how it, it it dropped in my spirit and I saw it. Revelation came. Purpose was uncovered because I accessed the mind of God. I saw it. And as I and the more I prayed, the bigger it became. The bigger it became, and it consumed me. All those thoughts of I'll never be a pastor. I'm pastoring today and I'm enjoying it. Are you with me? That means that there are things about your life that you do not know. There are things about your destiny that your mind has not conceived. But it is true because eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered. It didn't enter into the heart of Mary what God had prepared for her. Look at Isaiah 45 verse 3. I've got two more points. Isaiah 45 verse 3. The Lord is preparing us for prepared things. Isaiah 45 verse 3. It says, God is speaking here. It says, I will give you the treasures of what? And the hidden riches of secret places... 
that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. I will give you the treasures of darkness. There are certain treasures in hidden places that you can't see at the moment. There are treasures of knowledge and insight. It begins with insight. Are you with me? There are some treasures that God has prepared for you. He said, I will give them to you if you will take time to pray. You know, in the book of Psalm, chapter 77, verse 6, you don't need to turn to it. It says, I call to remembrance my son, my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. This was a psalm of Asaph. Asaph said, but at night I spent time with myself. I spent time communing with my heart. My spirit made diligent search into the mind of God through prayer. You know, I believe that every Christian in the New Testament, every New Testament believer, ought to have Ephesians 1.17 memorized. Turn to Ephesians 1.17 and then I move on to my next points. You know, there needs to come a time when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you are sick and tired of going round and round and round the same mountain. It's time to go to the next level. Have you ever played uh, Mario Kart Wii? No? No Mario Kart Wii fans in the house? Any computer games? You know how, you know, you can stay stuck on a level for many years. And then you find out that there are about 50 levels. But you are at the same level, you know, and you are getting shot by the same demon. And you can't find the door to the next level. Yeah? This is... We need to go up. Higher thoughts. The thoughts of God. He says, my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. The, the, The place of purpose is on the level of the thoughts of God. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit. He will open the door as you seek his face. Look at Ephesians 1.17. This is a prayer that everybody ought to memorize. Paul is praying. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know the word knowledge there is a Greek word epignosis. Epi means higher. Gnosis, knowledge. Higher knowledge. He says, God, open my eyes that I may receive revelation into higher knowledge concerning you. He goes on to say that I may know the hope of your calling. The reason why you called me. That I may know the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. This was a prayer that Paul prayed daily. This is a prayer you need to pray daily. You have to spend time with God saying, God, I ask you to open the eyes of my heart. Help me understand the level of my present deception. Lord, I know that my mind is deceiving me concerning the purpose that you have for me. Open my eyes to see. Let me come to a place of higher knowledge. Spirit of communing with the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit. Something is going to happen. Thoughts will begin to come. Indications will begin to come. And as you begin to take focus on those indications, revelation will come. Let's move on. The first thing that Mary did was she came into a place of higher knowledge. She had some new thoughts that were ordained by God. 
Look at the next thing she did very quickly in Luke chapter 1. You know, when Mary received this higher knowledge, she did not understand it. She didn't understand what was happening to her. In verse 34 it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I don't know a man? I mean, God, she was seeing things that were impossible. Would you agree with me that it's impossible? She was perceiving things that her present circumstances could not in any way, um, you know, validate. She didn't understand what was going on. When the angel responded, the angel's response didn't make things clearer. Because the angel said, the spirit of God will come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. And that which will be conceived of you will be a holy thing. I mean, how does that help me? That does not tell me logically how it's going to happen. Yeah? God is taking you to a level that requires new thoughts. And the current thoughts you have and the things that you're used to at the moment cannot prepare you for it. But this woman held on to the word of God by faith. Number two, embrace the word of God by faith. You know, there was something that the angel said that settled it for Mary. The angel in verse 37 said, for with God nothing will be impossible. And the literal Greek, it literally means no word of God is devoid of power. The word impossible is dunamis, ability, miraculous power. Impossible is adunamis, which means without miraculous power. Nothing is arema. No spoken word of God is without power. The angel was saying to Mary, Mary, you may not understand this. But this is the word of God concerning your life. And every word of God has the power in itself to bring itself to pass. Just believe it and act accordingly. Mary had to embrace the word of God by faith. She had faith in the word and its integrity alone. She trusted the word of God and acted based on the word of God. Look at Romans chapter 4. Look at another person that did exactly the same thing. Keep your marker in Luke chapter 1. Look at Romans chapter 4. Very quickly. This is another story. You know, somebody is going to give birth to their miracle. Somebody's going to listen to these words. And follow the steps. God is no respecter of persons. The thing he did in Mary's life, he will do in yours. Because on the same level you have been chosen by the election of grace. Look at Romans chapter 4. Same thing happened here. Abraham had to believe in the word of God and its integrity alone. You know, a lot of people that say that they believe in God, their faith can be tracked with the levels of probability. Do you know what I mean by that? When the circumstances look great, oh, they say to you that, oh, your tender was, was, was looked at favorably. Come and contest your tender. Your faith is high. And then you go and contest your tender. And they say, no, 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 no. This is not what we are looking for. Your faith goes down. Are you with me? We say we have faith, but what we have is hope, not faith. 
Because the foundation of faith is the integrity of the word of God and that integrity alone. It's not based on probability. I mean, if, if Mary was going to chart her faith on probability, she was in trouble. Because if you're going to plot some kind of analysis, you know, what's the probability that a virgin will give birth to a child? By the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that probability is like impossible. Just, you know, forget it. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 19. It says, and be not weak in faith, this is Abraham, he did not consider his own body already dead. Now, how can you want to give birth to a child and not consider your sperm count? Or how can you want to give birth to a child and the, the wife is barren and we know she's barren? And you don't consider it. It's not in your realm of consideration on the you know, validity of your faith. It says, he did not consider his body now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at what? The promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised he was also able to perform so do you know that Abraham had a child without with a zero sperm count and a wife that was barren do you know that I mean there's nothing in the scripture that says that oh she, she just she didn't she was not she was barren before but oh it was a mistake she's no longer barren The foundation of his faith was the word and its integrity alone. And while the circumstances remained the way they were, he was giving glory to God and he was getting stronger in faith. The circumstances were exactly the same, but he was stronger in faith. Why? Because the word that God had given him hadn't changed. And that was the basis on which his faith rested. You know, after the the angel left Mary. Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. Mary held on to the word of God by faith. She knew that this was the word of God and she was fully convinced. She put her faith in the integrity of the word of God alone. You know, walking in the vision that God had for Mary's life shook her world. She risked the loss of her reputation. Joseph risked his reputation. She achieved notoriety that she wasn't looking for. I mean, this was a lady that just wanted to be a young um, Jewish wife. She achieved worldwide recognition. You know how it is when you begin to walk in the plan of God for your life and you begin to give birth to the miracles and the destiny God has for you. You know, you think you're doing your own thing in the little corner, but you realize after a while that you're in a fishbowl. You know, everyone's looking at you. It's like, please, I just want to be quiet in my little corner, but hey, it's late. You know, Mary... Thousands of years later, people are still arguing over whether Mary had sex before marriage or not. You know, Jesus was her Lord, but he was also her her son. She 
gave birth to something she did not fully understand. Do you know that when you begin to walk in the destiny of God for your life and begin to give birth and move in the direction God is leading you, you are going to start giving birth to things that you don't understand. There's going to be a mixture of frustration, of pain, of, uh, you know, uh, of confusion. You know, people think that, you know, when I become a CEO, hey, all the CEOs, big cars, you know, it's bigger, you know, hey, life is easier. You find out that when you are stepping into destiny and God moves you to a heavier level, you know, the challenges are heavier. Everybody here. You know, there was a time you were believing God for, you know, one million naira. Now, it's an organization. You are believing God for the, you know, 200 million. <laughs> are you, are you, are everybody here. So, so she, she, she held onto the word of God by faith. And it's integrity alone. And she took action based on her confidence in the word of God. You know, David said in Psalm 119 verse 49, he said, God, remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has quickened me. Psalm 119 verses 49 and 50. He said, your word is the foundation of my expectation. I am not moving around based on, you know, what the economy is doing, what my industry is doing. No, I know this is what you have called me to. I have accessed your knowledge. These are the thoughts I am seeing in my heart. This is the direction I am moving based on the confidence I have in your word. And I stand unshakable because your word never changes. He said, this is the foundation of my hope. When the affliction arises, I am comforted because my hope is in the word, not in what people are saying. She embraced the word of God by faith. And she moved forward. Lastly, look at Luke chapter 1 verse 36. The angel speaking to Mary said, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. (laughs) Verse 39 says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with a haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you amongst women and blessed the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord will come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believe. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And then Moses, um, Mary begins to prophesy. And in verse 56 it says, And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Now I want you to notice certain things here. Verse 39 says, Mary arose and went into the hill country with what? With what? Are you guys sleeping this morning? Mary went with what? She went with haste. Everyone says she went with haste. Basically, Mary receives a revelation about what God has for her. She gets the word of God. She believes the word. And then she immediately gets up and goes to to, um, surround herself with the right influences. 
You know, God gives you a vision. You sit down with your friend and you chat with them. Hmm, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, what do you think? You know, they said that when two broke people are rubbed together, they get broker. You know, the angel gave Mary a hint. He said, you know, the miracle that's about to happen in your life. There's somebody else. There's somebody else. There's somebody else. There's somebody else that they called barren. There's somebody else to whom they had said this was impossible. There is somebody else that is walking in the dimension that you sense that God is calling you to. And Mary received the word and rushed straight to that woman. She got up and went for three months. Because you know, if Mary had hung around with her friends, they would have killed that word in her life. She went to surround herself with somebody who had the word of God for her, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who could speak words of encouragement and life into her life. The Bible says that she came into Elizabeth's presence, the spirit of God filled her. The baby within her her womb leapt and Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. Elizabeth gave her the word of God and filled her with strength. Mary, it is possible. I'm living testimony of that. She didn't surround her with someone that was going to push her down. You know, we've talked about ungodly counsel. But this is not even ungodly counsel. You know, you know, there are certain disciplines that need to be that need to be developed for where you are going that the people that you are in we are with right now can help you with. Are you with me? At best they can say, you know, it's okay. The Lord will help you. That's not what you need. Are you listening to me? Yeah? There there are disciplines that you need for where you are going. And you need to surround yourself with the right people that will challenge you, not pat you on the back. That will give you what you need to take you on your journey. Elizabeth did exactly that. Mary aggressively changed her environment. The influences she was having. And she was able to give birth to the miracle God had for her. She earnestly had the word of God. She took the word and she went to surround herself with the right people. Three steps. Position yourself to receive higher knowledge. Higher knowledge. Number two. Embrace the word of God by faith. Number three, surround yourself. Aggressively surround yourself with the right kind of people. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. If you walk with the wise, you will be wise yourself. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. There are a lot of well-meaning fools around. Yeah? They just want to hang out. Let's hang out. Don't want to hang out. Are you with me? You, You need to value your time. The companion of fools will be destroyed. If you do what Mary did, you will experience what she had. Amen. You know, we're going to break bread together now. We're going to break bread together. I'm so excited about 2010 and what God has done for us, what God has done in my life. I'm looking forward to 2011. You need to be looking forward to excitement as well. I want us to take on the wisdom of God that we have received and move forward with an understanding that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Let us move forward with the fact that your experiences so far 
no way indicates your final destination. Because as we press into God, we will receive fresh thoughts, new thoughts that will take us to a higher level. New thoughts, new thoughts, new thoughts. You will go from being a nobody to a somebody in the plan of God for your life. We're going to break bread together. I am conscious of the fact that um, a lot of people, people come from different, um, um, different sort of theological backgrounds and different denominational backgrounds. So the perception of communion is slightly different. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, turn to 1 Corinthians 11 very quickly. It's important that we harmonize our doctrine to the word of God. The word of God is beyond denomination. <laughs> Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11. When you study the word you found out this is an ordinance that was practiced regularly in the early church. In verse 23, Paul says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you. In the same manner also, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often, everyone say often, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are meant to eat the bread and drink the cup often. We are meant to drink it worthily. Worthily means duly recognizing what it signifies. We are not treating this like a common meal. The Bible says that when he took the bread, he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So when we break the bread and eat the bread, eating it worthily means recognizing that the bread signifies the body that was broken for us. There are certain benefits that have become yours as a result of the broken body of Jesus. If I say my, I have done something for you. Then it means that there are certain benefits that you are a legal recipient of. The Bible says that he carried our sicknesses and bore our weaknesses. By the stripes of Jesus we were healed. When we eat the bread... We remember that as we break that bread, Christ's body was broken for us. Every sickness and disease was laid on his back. So legally, you don't need to bear that sickness anymore. As you eat the bread, envision that sickness leaving your body because it was carried away by Jesus. He himself bore our infirmities and carried away us our diseases. Eating the bread worthily is not having a priest break it for you. Eating the bread worthily is you remembering and recognizing and appropriating the benefits of his broken body. 
His body has already been broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless these elements of the bread and the cup. Lord, we eat the bread worthily today. We drink of the cup worthily today. For we recognize what they represent. Lord, as we eat the bread, we break it and chew it. And as we eat it, we remember that Christ's body was broken for us. That our body may be whole. As we eat this bread, we declare that we are healed from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Let us eat the bread together. And as we eat the bread, remember, remember that Christ's body was broken. Appropriate the benefits of his broken body into your body. Let us take this confession together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. I thank you for his broken body that was broken for me. The Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. The Bible says that he carried my sicknesses and bore my diseases. In the name of Jesus, I see sickness leave my body. For my sicknesses have been borne by him. My sicknesses have been carried away by Jesus. So I speak to my body. I say body you are healed. Body you are whole. I command pain to leave. I command disease to leave. In the name of Jesus. I see myself healed. Because Jesus has declared me healed. I eat this bread worthily today. Thank you for healing my body. In Jesus name. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had stopped saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This cup signifies the new testament. The promises of God concerning your life. Every promise has been purchased and ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. As you drink the cup, what you are saying and you are declaring before God is that you recognize that every promise in the book belongs to you. For Jesus has died and shed his blood. Every promise that God has, has, has declared concerning you, the Bible says is yes and amen. He said, I will supply your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, I will, I will cause grace to abound towards you. He says that you are a child of God. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible says that you have been created in his image and likeness. It says that the new man is created in the image of God in holiness and true righteousness. Let us drink the cup together. Recognize it. That this is the new covenant in his blood. Hallelujah. Father we thank you because we are part of your covenant. We are the body of Christ. Lord as we wind up. The final days of 2010. 
We thank you Lord because we look to the future with joy. For your word says that you know the plans you have for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future. Because we are people of covenant we declare. That even though men are cast down we say there is a lifting up. Because we are connected with God. We declare in the name of Jesus that it is well with us. It is well with our bodies. It is well with our families. It is well with our businesses. Because we are people of covenant. And that covenant has been ratified by the blood of Jesus. Oh come on if you believe that just rejoice in the presence of God this morning. Lord we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. We thank you because it is well. It is well. It is well. With you nothing is impossible. With you nothing is impossible. Oh I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. That the grace of God is coming towards you. The grace of God is coming towards your business. The grace of God is coming towards your body. Oh, restoration is coming into your house in the name of Jesus. Oh, you will get married in 2011. You will have children in 2011. You have new businesses in the name of Jesus. Oh, the Lord will open a door to you. A door to you, a door of grace will take you to the next level. As you press into the mind of God through prayer, new thoughts will enter your mind. New thoughts will enter your mind. New thoughts will enter your mind. In the name of Jesus, God by his covenant will establish his covenant in your life in this year. In the name of Jesus, for his body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. Lord, we stand strong in your grace. We stand strong in your grace. In Jesus' name. Trust you have been blessed today by the ministry of God's word. As you obey the word, it will become life and health to all your flesh. For more information about the products and services of High Life Church or Carlton Williams Ministries, check out our websites at highlifechurch.com and carltonwilliams.com or call us on 0700 High Life. Hey.